When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Thanks for listening to the Lakers Fast Break Podcast, part of the Hoopheads Podcast Network. Check out all their awesome basketball shows today at hoopheadspod.com. another episode of the lakers fast break podcast it's gerald glassford coming right back at you here from lakers fast break pop culture cosmos inside sports fantasy football and game source we truly appreciate everyone out there listening to all of our shows and if you can please give us a five star review on apple Podcasts. plus if you can like share subscribe follow or do anything that you can to support us right here at the lakers fast break pop culture cosmos inside sports fantasy football game source the great folks at Lakerholics.com and the awesome folks, especially you, Mike, out there that does so much for us at the Hoopheads Podcast Network. And to all of you out there that give us that kind of support, especially you, Jeffrey Crouch, who just gave us a heart right now on Facebook, it is sincerely appreciated. And boy, do we need all the hearts we can get right now. I'll tell you what, indeed. But the Lakers... We're coming off a great win against Boston and handing out on a mini two-game road trip against Memphis, a depleted Memphis squad, which found out just before the game that Dylan Brooks was out, which was going alongside John Morant already being out. And seemed like it was going to be setting itself up for a good two-game road trip for the team. You're moving up in the standings. I had on my show yesterday, Joe Sorrell and Sean Grice, very positive, like I was, as far as the team moving up in the standings after this two-game road trip. Unfortunately, the Lakers, as is in the theme of the season, they just couldn't get it done. Today it was an issue of turnovers, turnovers, and more turnovers, along with a lot of poor offense altogether. Unfortunately, they wasted a good day from the three-point area but just simply could not get it done as they lose to the Memphis Grizzlies in the second half, 108-95, to after taking the lead back in the third quarter and coming out with a good first quarter as well. And here today to talk about the game and just what's going on with the team, unfortunately, because it's hard to get a read on them. One day they look pretty good, and then there are days like today which are pretty bad. But here today to talk about the team and this inconsistency that they have as a good man indeed. You got to go ahead and check out what he's doing today at Lakerholics.com. Check out his latest articles on Frank Bogles. Now very much <laughs> tenuous tenure, I should say, especially if you're listening to Jeannie Buss and her lack of an, uh, I guess, a strong affirmation earlier this week in her comments. But it is Laker Tom and Laker Tom. I would point to the turnovers. I would point to the bad execution in the interior. I would point to the fact that 
I think that this team was a little bit overconfident coming into the game because of all the depletions on the other side of the realm when it comes to the Memphis Grizzlies. But you know what? I'm also going to credit the Memphis Grizzlies and Taylor Jenkins, their coach, because they came out, they played hard after a bad loss the night previous, so they didn't even have any rest. They came out, they came out strong, they played hard, and they deserved the victory. Yeah, they sure did. You know, other than Dylan Brooks and, and Ja Morant, I'd have to think for a few minutes before I could name start naming guys off of their roster, you know. But watching them play tonight, I was actually fairly impressed with the the level of defense and so forth. Very and, good team. The background story is really remarkable, but with Ja, they were a terrible defensive team all year yeah. long. So he he's out with an injury, and then they lose Dylan Brooks. But in the meantime, before they lost the game last night, they won five in a row, and their defense was ranked among the top in the league. They had one of these sort of talent epiphanies where all of a sudden they got confident and and were the best version of themselves. The big question to me is whether this Laker team will ever have that epiphany and all of a sudden realize that, hey, this could be the best version of ourselves because everything else we see is pretty much been proven to be glimpses, yes. you know, a lot of teasing These are possible on. futures. We just glimpsed a possible future, you know, and uh, unfortunately we've, the more of those glimpses that don't turn into the real future, the more you start looking at the things that didn't go well and wondering how they're going to play into the future. This was the most disappointing Lakers loss of the year. I don't know how you could put it and any other way. And that's saying something. That is saying something. And, well, you're right. And that's saying something. You're right. Duly noted, Gerald. Duly noted from the glass half empty guys. Well, your glass is running a little bit empty, well, too. Well, there's, 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 there's some pretty big leaks in that glass right now. Let's, let's look at those leaks. It's very hard to take a loss by 13 points. Is that what we lost by 13 points? Yeah. 13 points when you outshot the opponent from the field, you outshot them from the three-point line, and they only made one more free throw than you did. So what the heck happened? Well, you gave them another 16 shots at the basket, including 12 threes. What's so funny, though, is, well, let me ask, let me say this. It's funny because when you go to the team stats and you see the points off of the turnovers, the Lakers won that, too. Yeah, it's we did a great job of taking advantage of the 13 turnovers, but they scored 27 points off of our 21, 21 turnovers. So here's what's really troubling, though. I mean, I watched Anthony Davis for the second straight game in a row be dominated inside by people. Yep. That is not the Anthony Davis that won a championship. That is not the top 10 player, Anthony Davis. And constantly just plays that just you shake your head. You know, I expect that a little more from Russ because he's just more of a reckless player, you know. But AD, you know, and then and then lastly, you know, LeBron, even though he's been spry, he does not he's not lifting off of the one foot jumps the way that he used to. He's not well, elevating. I'm just going to tell you this. You talk about LeBron and his lift. For me, it's about AD. 
Anthony Davis yeah. and his lack of lift. I mean, he looks like well, a player that's lack well, of hold playing on. like let a me superstar. Say, let me, he he's been playing like someone that's gone from someone that had played above the rim to someone that's playing below the rim because right now it just doesn't look like he has any lift any uh, any putbacks they're blocking his shots so easily like you talked about the defense today was swarming all over him and making his life miserable inside i understand that he got 22 points today but it was a uh, on 9 for 18 which on the surface when you look at the box score is okay 50% mm-hmm. but Really, when it comes down to it, the eye test with Anthony Davis, it's just not the same thing. So 22-8 and eight for him. LeBron James, 20 points. That's a triple-double with 10 rebounds, 11 assists. Russell Westbrook looked terrible in no way, shape, or form. Nine points, six rebounds, and seven assists. So that encouraging play that he's had over the two weeks just went out the window. He was a minus 16 on the floor and having him out there was just surely a detriment because he wasn't giving you anything on the defensive end. Six turnovers for him, five turnovers for LeBron. The bench itself combined, they had eight turnovers and really no one ever even scored over 10 points as well. So a very poor outing by the bench. We talked about it before. The team, when it has everything going, it gets that kind of support from all those, just those, ancillary players the bench players and the, the the supporting starting players you get all that unfortunately today no one really gave any help to lebron and ad and lebron and ad had themselves subpar games and that's a recipe for disaster well i've always said the formula that the lakers have with three superstars and it's it's probably true of all of the teams with superstars and anybody who's even played the game of basketball and you find yourself playing next to somebody who's really just leaps and bounds above everybody else in the game, it instills confidence in you as a player. Confident that, you know, this guy's going to get us points when we need it. He's going to get the ball to us. He's going to get the rebound. He's going to get the defensive play when you need it. And so what happens with the Lakers is when their superstars are playing well, like they did the previous game, everything in the world is great and and the role players play great. But when the superstars have subpar games, and I thought all three of them had subpar games today. They did. They were, there was no domination. There was some power moves and bully ball play by LeBron at times. And AD, there was some effectiveness. But guys whose names I would never have put in, in a group that I felt were giving AD trouble defensively, he is not the same player. No. And then right now. I was listening to a podcast and they were talking about an incident where apparently AD had made some comment that he really didn't like playing center. And that subject had come up again, you know, and I don't know whether it was in response to somebody criticizing him for his outside shooting and saying, you know, that, well, you know, maybe it's better that you play down in center. At least you're leading the league in points in the paint and, and dunks and things of that nature. But there's something off there. And then finally, to watch them in the fourth quarter at the end of the game, when there was still a chance that they could get that, you know, if you make a three, you could get down to eight with, you know, like four minutes left. And you still have a chance in the game. There's a point where I have to admit as a fan, I hate watching the Lakers at the end of a game. I'd rather watch the Golden State Warriors where the ball is moving around and the players are moving around 
instead of LeBron dribbling the ball and just waiting while nobody's doing nothing, except the clock is ticking off and you're behind by 11 points. Vogel, use your timeout, call out something, set up a play. You know, I mean, obviously these guys at that point in time, frankly, had quit on the game. Everybody knows that I am the king of the silver linings, but I didn't see any silver linings tonight. I saw a team that there's a certain point in time when you start to understand that the possibility is real, that this particular team could be what we're seeing right now. Just one of those groups of people. You know, I mean, championship teams generally have several, multiple players on the team who have career years. I mean, that's how hard it is to win a championship because you've got to have the luck of not getting injured and, you know, and all of the other things fall together so that you have even a shot. Because if you're not lucky, you don't even have a shot at it. But then when you you put all of those things together, plus the difficulty of, of having all your players just happen to sync where they they come together and they can do it for a few years. I thought we had a group that could do it for multiple years. I'm not so sure that's true now. And I think that the, if we don't do it this year, there will be changes. There might be even changes more than expected and earlier yeah. than expected. So this is Raphael from NBA draft And you are listening to the Lakers fast break. Check out what's been going on with the pop culture Cosmo show and the PCC multiverse. I see the potential for basically like another Netflix kind of paradigm shift where here comes this other major player. They have a ton of resources. Apple could change the way that entertainment is consumed. They say it's the only time this year that you'll have stars from each brand battling each other. And we know it's not going to be the case, but they like to say that and more power to them, I guess. Well, it's a big first step bringing all those superheroes together. There were definitely some parts of the movie that I that I really enjoyed. And then there were some parts that I I thought just kind of fell short of expectation. Part of it has to be something to do with how it's being promoted. And this is a thing where audiences do not agree with critics. That's the Pop Culture Cosmo Show. And the PCC Multiverse every week on Apple Podcasts. And over a dozen of your favorite streaming and podcasting options. Once again, it's the Lakers Fast Break. I'm here with Laker Tom from Lakerholics.com. The Lakers admits 22 turnovers and really... 14 offensive of, rebounds for... Yeah, for, offensive... Uh, re- well, just a, a myriad <laughs> of errors uh, just the entire game, and they fall to the Grizzlies 108-95 to after actually regaining the lead in the third quarter and looking promising at the time, 72-70. But after that point, it just fell off a cliff from there. But before we head on out, my friend, I do want to give a thank you to Johnny Blade, who gave us a thumbs up and said, Laker Tom is printing everything that's in his head. Also, Jeffrey Crouch for giving us the hearts up on Facebook as well. But before we head on out, I want to go ahead and touch on some comments that Jeannie Buss gave earlier this week in regards to Frank Vogel with not the most shining of compliments and not the biggest of confirmations that you're going to go ahead and stay in the job for a while. She says she wants to wait and see what the team looks like when they're healthy, when everybody's together and things like that. The problem is, outside of Kendrick Nunn and Trevor Reza, who are not supposed to play the star roles per se, they have been pretty much together now for a few games. And you see this what we got. Ups and downs. Ups and downs, indeed. We're, we are a 500 team. We are playing like that. 
each and every game. One day you're good, one day you're not. And right now it's reflective exactly in the way our record is. And so I ask you, my friend, I am not as critical as you guys have been on Frank Vogel, but at this point in time, there is going to be a fall guy if it continues like this. And I know it's going to be him. I know it's going to be someone that I think that I don't feel feel deserves it per se. I know his rotations and his offensive schemes need a whole lot of work. But the defensive side, we saw the previous two seasons what he can do if he's given the right talent. Unfortunately, he has not been given the right talent this year, but it's going to be too little too late, I believe, in the long run. And the fact that Jeannie Buss is not really selling high on him right now leaves a lot to be desired. It's getting harder every day to defend Frank. And and I have to say that having been a youth coach for over 15 years, my fandom is nowhere near how I act as a coach either. Um, and there are all sorts of considerations as a coach in the plays that you make that have to do with the chemistry that you're building with the team, the trust that you're building with them, uh, getting everybody involved, making the team as one, building a chemistry and getting rapport. Um, those are totally different motivations that are involved in moves that you have to make as a coach that even as a fan, you, you know, you, you just, you have to just understand and appreciate it's a different situation. So in the clutch situations in the playoffs and in the one playoffs that we've been with, with Frank and LeBron and everybody healthy, um, he made all the right moves. I've criticized him for not understanding that this team needed to play AD at the five, but you can't just go out and put AD at the five and, and then not take advantage of why you did that by putting shooters on the floor with him. And yeah, they may not be the best defenders that you've got on a team, but you've got to balance things off. You can't just put guys in based on their defensive rating. It's their net rating. It's how much better are they offensively than defensively that you put them out there on the floor because it's the net ratings of the guys that end up that will determine how the game goes. So, you know, my big concern with Frank is that obviously that I agree with you that there are other culprits in the situation, the roster construction that he was given, the failure to have uh, Caruso as a re-signed free agent, um, which is going to burn us at the, it's going to make us, we don't, we won't have the assets to trade because we didn't do that. And that's going to hurt us when we try to fix the problems that we have right now. But the other thing about Frank is that who are you going to bring in? You're going to have probably Fisdale take over for the rest of the year. That creates a whole round of instability because I'm sure the Lakers aren't going to give him the job. And there's always that argument that I I can't remember what team just recently did that with, uh, uh, where they actually gave the coach and rather than saying, you're the interim coach, they said, okay, Hey man, you're, you're the head coach. The job's yours, you know? And he finished out the year and he, and, and, and they got a contract as a result of it. He had a great year. You're probably talking about Atlanta, Nate McMillan. Yes. It might, might've been Nate. Right. So anyway, I just don't see how firing Frank and putting in Fisdale will change things. But then I don't really know what Fisdale's philosophy is. Um, I know that he was one of the players or one of the coaching staff that was instrumental in, um, in setting up the Miami big three in, in putting Bosch out there as the stretch five and, and really shooting a lot of threes. 
Frank hasn't been willing to be able to be that guy yet. And, you know, I mean, that was another subject of my most recent article in Lakerolics.com that the evolution of the Lakers has not gone in the same direction as Frank, you know, he was right, right, right. He was the right coach in the bubble, but he may not be the right coach for the transition that we have to make right now because of Russell Westbrook. Because we basically can't play, we have to play small with Russ or we don't have enough shooters. I don't think it's Fizdale either. He's already burned his bridges with New York and Memphis. So yeah. uh, let's not even go into his conversations with Kristaps Porzingis and how he basically ruined that relationship between Kristaps and New York and had him wanting to leave and go to Dallas. Now, mind you, he's not you know, excelled in Dallas, but still he's a player that mm-hmm. you could have had as a foundational piece in New York for a long time to come. And uh, unfortunately, his relationship there soured with along with the team but i don't believe in david fisdale is the answer either i think that people are going to be reaching but do out you, to do you agree way. that he's the logical that the lakers would probably just take him on as the interim manager oh yeah yeah that's what they'll do yeah. they'll probably you know if it gets I mean, to I, like I this i don't see anybody else there who's who else is out there that's available if it's like this in 10 games the hot seat is going to be on fire yeah. and let's say he he's he, let's say he's removed yeah david fisdale was, was going for, i mean it's just going to be the him or jason kidd jason kidd got a job he took he left but it would have been jason's kid spot right that's or maybe they'll bring jason kidd back who knows this is what we talked about 2 years ago we were talking about jason right. kidd being the assistant coach right underneath frank vogel that it was be create a lot of this this right. animosity. We thought he was just they were just warming the seat up for kid, but turned out that Frank Vogel won a championship, so that let him off the hook, but only for a little while. Now you have the same. Yeah, but those situation. are such those are such low hanging fruit that yeah, there I, always yeah. is going to be people. Oh yeah, exactly. To but you're supposed net, to. But as an assistant field. coach, I mean, you're supposed to hire assistant coaches that are seasoned. At least one or two that have NBA seasoning, as you know, for number of seasons. You know, you're supposed to go ahead and do that. Have the Lakers succeeded? Well, on the staff, they had not only one but two assistant coaches that had previous head coaching experience when they won the championship as assistant coaches. So that's something people need to understand. So yes, Frank Vogel. It looks like if he continues in this route, whether 500, another 10 games, another 15 games in. It doesn't look pretty for him. Yeah. Is David Finsdale the answer? No. Is Mike D'Antoni the answer? Bringing him back? <laughs> no. But you're going to hear all these names yeah. once again, the the same old, same old names that you hear being tossed around again and again, most likely. I mean, we've seen this scenario before, but we'll wait and see again. I wouldn't later. mind Mike D'Antoni coming in as an assistant coach to handle the offense. Well, it worked so far yet last year, last season in Brooklyn. It worked very yeah. well for them, but then he left Brooklyn to go semi-retirement and whatnot. Right. So, or I think actually he was trying to look for a, a head coaching gig, didn't get yeah. one. So unfortunately it burned itself out from there, but it is the Lakers right now in some very tenuous times at 13 and 13. I don't think we can get a better defensive coach than Vogel. No, is part of the problem. But the problem is you don't have the. the, But but by the same token, I think that his his old school offensive principles have gotten in the way of taking advantage of some of the offensive pieces that we have. 
I agree. I agree. He needs to turn over the reins to somebody who could really right. do the number on the offensive end. I've, I've agreed with that. I have if, no if problem. If we had somebody good that. like that, I mean, I could, I could, that's the only way I could see Mike D'Antoni returning as a Laker. That's going to be an issue right there. But there's other names that are going to be tossed about. <laughs> right, you know, yeah. as, the, as that seat gets but getting him, getting him to say that I would agree to bringing in X as an offensive coordinator because his philosophy as a coach is to build a staff of people who don't have specific duties. He doesn't, you know, he basically wants everybody to do everything. He doesn't want somebody to concentrate on offense, somebody else to concentrate on rebounding, somebody to concentrate on ball security, another person to concentrate on offensive ATOs and and various things like that. He doesn't split it up like that. That's why he's resisted this whole concept of an offensive coordinator and a defensive coordinator. Um, so that's one of the, if you will, philosophic things that may be difficult for Frank to deal with in a modern basketball era. I don't know. I'm just saying right now, David Fisdale probably is not the answer because no, he but I the- bet he would be, but I, I don't see how they would go outside for somebody else. No, not for, not for an interim. No, yeah. if something happens, they'd have to, to wait till the off season to see, see yeah. what opportunities were there. But if Vogel were fired in season, Fisdale is the obvious answer to go right. ahead and guide the team for the rest of the season, and that's not going to make LeBron happy. Well, I it's- hope I hope I hope that they're a lot more patient than the fans are, and that they give Frank a chance to to see the healthy team because I do think that Ariza and Nunn, if they both got healthy, um, you know, I, you can read you can read a comment like, for example, I don't think the genie bus in any way was trying to hold back on her support of. It was not a healthy vote of confidence. Well, yeah, but I mean, I don't, you know, you read so much into that that I don't think it really matters because what what happened, what will count at the end is how the eight Lakers do. That's what Frank is going to get judged on and all of the ideas that you have in the meantime. And so I take the meat out of that saying that, until they get the team healthy and, and we play, to, to say we play 10, 10, 15 games healthy, I don't think the Lakers are going to do anything. Well, we'll see what happens indeed. But is the Lakers, unfortunately, falling way short today? Too many turnovers, offensive rebounds that were given up, just a myriad of mistakes in a 108-95 thrashing in the fourth quarter by the and, Grizzlies. And Memphis is for real. <laughs> yes, Memphis is definitely for real. Especially they, when know, they, they get they, John. Dylan back. Well, they play. Uh, well, maybe they don't want a job back because they sure play defense a lot better when he's not in the lineup. Yeah, I, I, I'm yeah. kidding, of course. All, everyone out there, yes, you want your best player out there, but it we'll just goes him. to show you <laughs> what this team is capable of. They they were a swarming defense, especially yeah. all over AD. They made his life miserable on the inside. But well, I'll tell they you moved what, the ball. They moved the ball extremely well. They defend. They their yeah. their defense was excellent, man. Maybe you should go ahead and try to pry Taylor Jenkins from Memphis there in the off season. If something happens to Vogel, just saying, just saying, but it is the Lakers falling short 108 to 95. Want to go ahead and hear your thoughts out there at Lakers fast break. Truly appreciate Johnny blade saying like where we're saying that there is no one on the staff to replace him. Not on the current staff, not anyone sitting at home that could replace Frank Vogel. We don't think so either. But you know the Lakers, they're going to go ahead and do something that's new, newsworthy each and every time out. But we'll wait and see. Again, if you have any comments, at Lakers Fast Break, at Laker Tom on Twitter. And of course, the best place to have this conversation 
is where you can read his latest articles and also Jamie Sweet's Five Things articles and the Lakers Fast Break editions right there for you as well at Lakerholics.com. Well, Laker Tom, I, I say this half jokingly, but out of the frying pan and into the fire because they head off tomorrow against their arch nemesis, their new arch nemesis, mm. Oklahoma City. God forbid we want to lead in that one of 25 points. You know what happens then? Well, you know I want to see us ahead by 20. I know. I know you do. I might text you then. I say, oh, my gosh, we're in trouble. We're in trouble. We're up by 20 on Oklahoma City. OKC will have us right where they want us. Exactly. Exactly, indeed. But it is the Lakers Fast Break. If you have any questions for us, again, LakersFastBreak at Yahoo.com. The Lakers are back down again to 500. They lose 108 to 95 in Memphis. We will be back around the same time tomorrow on Facebook, 9 p.m. Pacific. We're a little bit later after the game, but we will be here giving you our post-game thoughts. Want to go ahead and thank everybody for the hearts, for the thumbs ups. We truly appreciate it. You, we truly appreciate your support and following us here at the Lakers Fast Break. And again, we'll be back tomorrow. Hopefully on the win side. That would be great. This up and down season, let's hope it goes back up again with a victory in our new arch rival, Oklahoma City, in this rivalry I am creating as we speak. But again, we'll be back after the game, 9 p.m. Pacific on Facebook, and of course, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts, right here at the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. <laughs>